0: Good morning. Today's reading is from John um, chapter 12, and I'll be reading from 12 to 19. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, "'Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the King of Israel!' Jesus found a white donkey, a young donkey, and sat upon it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about and that these things had been done to him. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, if you've got that in front of you, uh, to keep that there, um, and let's pray. Lord, just we uh, do ask this morning, that as we read about events that happened uh, as you came into Jerusalem, that uh, particularly, Lord, those of us who've uh, thought about this uh, on uh, many occasions each Easter, we pray that the, uh, what was said, what was done, what you did, would uh, be fresh for us this morning. That what it means would be fresh for us this morning. That you would speak your word afresh into our minds, our hearts, our lives, your church this morning. And we pray it in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, If you're a sports fan and your team triumphs, uh, then uh, COVID regs aside, what will happen next usually is a bus will be hired and the team will be put atop of it as it's driven into uh, the the town centre and crowds gather, Uh, we remember those days, (laughs) and they shout and they cheer and they celebrate because there's been a victory. Um, I don't know whether you've ever been to one of those. I'm not enough of a cricket fan to have uh, gone into the centre of London when England won the World Cup. Um, I think if I lived a bit closer to Liverpool, I would have been there for uh, when Liverpool won the Champions League. Uh, A friend of mine was, he sent me the photos, I had to settle for that. Uh, But we all know how it works, don't we? An occasion like that, everyone has been hoping and waiting and dreaming and even praying for victory. And here it is at last. And the crowd gathers and celebrates. And as they cheer, they start talking about the glory days returning at last. Well, that is the kind of scene that we have here in John chapter 12. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, and that's the kind of language that's used here as well. Although, even as John uses the language of glory, there's a twist that we'll come to in a minute. On the surface, though, this was a glorious day, wasn't it? A celebration to rival any sporting occasion. Verse 9 mentions a large crowd heading for Jerusalem for the Passover, flocking to Jesus because he's just raised Lazarus from the dead. They were waking up to the fact that Jesus had power and authority like no one else. By verse 12, there's an even bigger crowd, thousands of people, all waving palm branches. Apparently, uh, palms were a sort of national symbol for uh, Israel at the time, for the Jews at the time. Scotland has the thistle. Canada has the maple leaf. Israel, Judea, the palm leaf. Uh, And like sports fans with their scarves, the the, the picture here is of, of thousands of people waving this symbol of the nation in celebration, in expectation. They've been desperately wanting a leader to restore the fortunes of their nation who doesn't, someone who can stand up to the Romans. They want to be free. And we've had a little glimpse of that in the last year, that yearning for freedom, for things to go back to a place that's good for everyone. And as they yearn, as they see Jesus, this exceptional person who has been doing these astounding miracles, they see him right in. And they shout out, Hosanna, which means save, or more literally, save us now, give us salvation now. They shout out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Or to make it more uh, specific, so there's no doubt, blessed is the King of Israel. They hail Jesus as their Messiah. You're the one to sort it all out, Jesus. You're the one to save us. And on this occasion, this really stands out in the Gospel stories, on this occasion, Jesus accepts the praise. On many occasions, Jesus says, now's not the time, now's not the time, just, 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 just be quiet, go and, go and tell your family, go and get on with your normal life. But on this occasion, he actually encourages it, he rides into Jerusalem, knowingly fulfilling this prophecy from Zechariah, that the Messiah would ride in on a young donkey. Because, you see, what they say is right. He is the one who has the right to be in charge of not just this city of Jerusalem, but of actually the people of the world. He is the Messiah for for Israel, for all. And when they cry out, Hosanna, save us now, that's exactly what he's come to do. So on the surface, glory. But... Even as John writes this, if we look down to verse 16, there's a clue in the way he tells us about it that all is not quite how it appears on the surface because verse 16, at first his disciples did not understand all this. And they weren't alone. So imagine that night, okay? Passover preparation, people crowning Jerusalem, they've just had this extraordinary event And then they settle down at their lodgings. They gather around campfires because it's cold. And they're talking about the events of the day. Of course they are. It's what we would do. They're talking about the events of recent days. And they may be wondering out loud, well, that was amazing, wasn't it? But how's it going to work exactly? Now they've arrived in the city, they've um, seen the extra troops at the Roman garrison who've been sent there to keep the peace during the festival. Jesus has ridden in on a donkey. Humble, gentle, a king who's already won the victory. That's how he is coming across, and yet, goodness me, I mean, if he goes up against the Romans, well, he'll be like a lamb to the slaughter, won't he? And they've been asking the people of Jerusalem, who are already there and asking around. And they've worked out that the higher-ups have got a pretty dim view of Jesus. Verse 10, just before the bit that Jennifer read, the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. They'd already decided to kill Jesus. Now they're planning to cl- kill anyone close to him. And um, number one on the hit list is Lazarus, local boy Lazarus, because of what verse 17 to 19 Reports, everyone was talking about him, hashtag Lazarus back from the dead, was trending. And Jesus' opponents were in despair. See, this is getting us nowhere. Look, the whole world is going after him. That was a very prophetic piece of criticism, wasn't it? And so as they talked it through, some of these pilgrims would have been Beginning to get a bit less sure, it was so exciting to be there, wouldn't it be great if Jesus was the one, but is he? Certainly in the days that followed, there were enough seeds of doubt sown in enough minds that when Jesus was handed over to Pilate to be put on trial, and another a crowd was asked, well, what do we do with him? They cried out, crucify within days of this. And that's how it is with surface glory, with a great occasion, the sort of excitement you get in a crowd. It fades. Whenever the event is over, whenever the season finishes, there's a whole new season ahead with new challenges. Sure, you remember how it was. You do remember it. You can still tell the story You can still feel the afterglow as it were, but that kind of glory back then, superficial way glory, it doesn't sustain you, it doesn't change you, it doesn't get you through tough times when there's opposition. That's how it is for you and me when we catch a glimpse of glory, of God's glory at work in our lives it's great when we do and perhaps some of us have done during lockdown perhaps some of us during lockdown we have been shut in and we've been praying we've had a sense of oh, God's hearing me God's here with me God's comforting me in this hard time some of us um, used to get that sort of sense of God close to us in a good church service and it's been over a year since we've been able to have a proper church service with singing and all the rest of it and so we remember it, and we're kind of here today with most of a church service, but not all of it, and, oh, yeah, the glory's a bit faded. Some of us during this season have had friends who are far more positive about church, about our Christian faith than, they're, than they usually are, and that's great. But what will it be like for them, for us, when we're all back to normal, when we've got normal levels of activity and busyness, when we've got normal levels of pressure? We'll be able to talk about those days, won't we? But we know that the glory of the surface will fade. Feeling good about being a Christian, that comes and goes in seasons. But wonderfully, what Palm Sunday is about is not about surface glory. What Jesus is about is not about the, just the feel-good factor, He wasn't interested in opinion polls or ratings of approval ratings, coverage in the papers, social media. He came into the world, he rode into Jerusalem with a specific mission and that's the mission that showed his true glory. He came as the one who came to save you and me and the world. Here it's hidden even from the disciples, which is what verse 16 tells us. But we don't have to wait long in John's story of Jesus' life to to find out what the true glory is, because in the very next verses, Jesus is talking about his death as the hour of his glorification. It's such a paradox, such a, a, a surprise certainly back then, for the crowd that shouted his name, but still for us, a surprise that Jesus' true glory, his, his, his moment where we saw how extraordinary he is in the clearest way was not as crowds shouted his name and hailed him as the Messiah. It wasn't by coming into Jerusalem and taking his place on a human throne and beginning a sort of um, government and administration no, Jesus was glorified in fact, his, Jesus was crowned his coronation was on a cross it's astonishing it really is astonishing remember how John's told us who this is right from the beginning of his gospel the Christmas reading that we have in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the Word was God. That's who we're talking about. He's ridden into Jerusalem, the creator of the cosmos, and he meets first of all acclamation and then a crowd that's shouting out crucify and baying for his blood. He could have played his God card. He could have just said, you know what, enough is enough here. And withdrawn his permission for that crowd to breathe their next breath. He's already had a conversation with Peter that's recorded that uh, he could ask his heavenly father and 12 legions of angels would have been sent uh, to protect him from heaven, sent to protect him from harm. That's what he could have done. He was very aware of that, but that's not what he did. And that is not the heart of Jesus Christ. That is not the heart of God for you, for me, for the world. Jesus was absolutely 100% committed, 100% determined to pay the price for human sin and to show mercy even to those who bade for his blood. That is his glory, this king. His mercy, his grace, his heart to save, that's his glory. This king of such power who went to the cross, who did play his God card, but not to save himself, but to save you and to save me and to save everyone who believes in him. Imagine a doctor who is, um, he hears about people in a part of the world who are really suffering, in fact they're dying from something which he is the world expert uh, in uh, sorting out. Uh, And his heart goes out to those people. Uh, uh, And he makes a decision, he thinks, I'm going to go to them, I'm going to go to them, I'm going to pay for it myself. And and at great sacrifice, at great personal expense, this doctor goes to the people, he sets up a clinic, he brings all the equipment, all the medicine that's needed, and, and he lets it be known, he sets it all up, and without cost, he just says, come, come, I'll pay for it, come, come and be healed, come and be saved. That mission would be the glory of that doctor, wouldn't it? As people who could not save themselves, one by one, came and were treated and were cured and given their lives back. In that way, Jesus came into the world, the light of the world, to bring us back to God, to make us right. Not simply to cancel our sins and then to leave us to muddle through as best we can, but to shine his light into the whole of our lives and enable us to know God, to draw us back to God and then to walk each day in the light of who God is as we learn to love what God loves and hate what God hates. That is his glory, that Jesus loves you and me and this world that's gone wrong. He loves and he comes and he saves and he pays the cost. He makes the sacrifice for all who put their faith in him. So as we uh, begin next step tomorrow, (laughs) to come out of this latest lockdown. Some of us are pretty exhausted, as was mentioned earlier. Some of us are still kind of actually a bit shell-shocked by the last year. Some of us have been champing a bit and can't wait. We're full of enthusiasm and energy. But all of us need this king, this saviour, the one who is gentle and riding on a donkey, the one who is totally glorious in and of himself, who is God, who is the God who is majestic and powerful, the creator, the the awesome one, but who doesn't use his power to dazzle us and overwhelm us, but uses his power to serve us and to save us. And in doing so, he wins our hearts. In doing so, He heals our wounds and he saves our souls. So, will we, this Easter time, this next week and a day, as we have this focus, as we go through different opportunities to engage with the story of what happened when Jesus entered Jerusalem and died on a cross and rose again from the dead, will we... Renew our trust in this one, in this king, the one who is humble and gentle and comes to serve you and me, to save you and me. What glory that is that he does so. Perhaps you feel, oh, you know, Steve, I've, I've been forgiven by him lots of times. I, I've lost count, actually. Can I possibly ask again? I mean... I've done it again. uh, Can I just keep on asking? Think about that example of the doctor. What What is the glory of the doctor? What does the doctor love to do? What is he delighted to do? See sick people who need his help and give them the medicine they need to be well again. How much more the Lord Jesus Christ who came and died for all of your sins and mine past present and future if you and I will just go to him and trust in him again or well, perhaps you feel you know I've never really asked him to do that for me I've known about this for years but I've never really made it personal could I even after all this time could I still go when I've resisted for so long, but just like the doctor, when there are people who've, who've been resisting, who've just said, oh no, that's not for me, but who change their minds and go to that doctor and get the help they need, he's delighted, isn't he? It's why he came. And so if that's you, come to him. There is room at the cross for you Or perhaps you feel, you know, I've been trying my best right through lockdown. I've been really trying my best to turn over a new leaf. I've been absolutely doing my best. Do you know, friends, that that was the uh, attempt that the Pharisees made. It's why they resisted going to Jesus, because they thought, we'll be fine on our own. But the doctor of souls is just delighted when people have been trying to save themselves and failing... Come to him and ask him for his help. Or perhaps you're feeling, perhaps we're feeling, you know, I could be a better Christian, a proper Christian, during lockdown because all the distractions weren't there. I don't really know how I'm going to cope once they're all back again. Well, let's go to the Saviour for the help that we need to live for him. Let's go to him for the word that we need, day by day, to walk his way, to live in the light. It is his glory to give that to his people.